Good morning, church. Good to be with you today. I'm glad to be here myself. And well, it finally snowed. I think we've been here about seven weeks, and we finally got a snow worth talking about. And we're glad. Yeah, we love snow. Listen to the praise team and the praise band today. Thank you so much. Uh, I realize there was a couple of songs I didn't know, but I want you to know I'm glad. Uh, I want to learn new stuff, and I want to enjoy new stuff, so keep up the, the good work. Okay, we're going to be in a new uh, series, uh, and that is uh, in the mirror there. Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Let me tell you, I was in uh, a motorcycle rally in Asheville, North Carolina. It was a Honda motorcycle rally, but don't kick me out. And, uh, man, it was a sea out in this field, the sea of motorcycles, and all the bikes were resting on a, a, a kickstand plate. And uh, you get to go, it was a barbecue, what we went to, and, and uh, what, what you do is you go around and you admire all the motorcycles and, and the special things that people do to their bikes. And I looked in the mirror of one motorcycle and it had a picture of Jesus. And it had those words, object and mirror, are closer than they appear. I thought, that is the coolest thing I've seen yet. And so it's taken me all these years to finally do a, a sermon series on objects and mirror are closer than they appear. And so I want to talk about heaven today. Uh, next Lord's Day, I'll be, uh, Lord willing, bringing a message about preaching hell in a tolerant age. And then the third, uh, the last Sunday, third message, last Sunday of January, I hope to bring a message on the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, but right now, I want to bring this on the beauty of heaven. Now, uh, speaking about that, if you turn in your scriptures to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. And uh, in this, uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Now, as you turn to John's gospel, I'm hung up in my microphone. I want you to realize that we are not in the land of the living going to the land of the dying. But we're in the land of the dying going to the land of the living. Let's read what Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, uh, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. I believe that text is still echoing in chapels, all in funeral homes all over America today because it seems to be a popular funeral text. But I want to tell you something. There's so much beauty and, and, and uh, truth to be unpacked from that text that uh, don't think of funerals when you look at John 14, 1 through 3. Uh, four things about heaven I want to share about today. Uh, but before I get there... There's a lot of things in life that we say, and isn't that just like heaven? Or, man, that's heaven. And one of those, it could be uh, going up to Blowing Rock, North Carolina. That's, that is a destination that if you've got a motorcycle, people love to ride to Blowing Rock, and they love to go to Kilwin's Ice Cream, get an ice cream, and go to the park across the street and just meander. 
just sit on a bench and watch other cyclists come in and eat the ice cream, and you could say, ah, isn't this heaven? And you know what they're talking about. Or it might be to go to your favorite a coffee shop and just listen to some light jazz and, uh, and drink coffee, maybe read a book, and you might feel like, boy, this is, this is just heaven. It's great to be able to take off like that and do something different, do something special. It might be getting together with your grandchildren. And Deb and I got to do something. You're going to say, you're kidding me. We, this past Friday night, we got to go over to Chesterton, Indiana and take uh, all three grandchildren to McDonald's. That was our first time to ever do that. You, you see what we missed out in being so far away from family and be able to be with family and do that? You do it all the time, I know. And you're blessed for it. But boy, when you do that, it's just heaven. It's just heaven. I like a Wayne Smith's poem where he said, I like the lights of Paris. I like the lights of Rome. The best lights I ever saw were the taillights of my grandkids going home. (laughs) Good poem. I just don't feel that way yet. We're just soaking this up because it's heaven. It's heaven. Well, we talk about heaven in so many different ways. And when someone says, this is just heavenly, we know what they're talking about. But heaven... What is heaven? And that's what I'm speaking about this morning, this morning. A teacher in Sunday school class was quizzing the class as to whether she felt like she was a good teacher or not, asking the kids things. And she said this, she asked, if I sold everything I owned and I gave the money to the church, would that get me into heaven? And all the kids said, no. And she said, well, what if I were to beautify my home and plant flowers and trees, shrubs? Would that get me into heaven? And and all the kids said, no. She said, well, what if I took in all the stray animals that came to the house and and I I fed uh, birds in the bird feeder and, and I just did neat things like that? Would that get me into heaven? And all the kids said, no. And she said, well, what have you got to do to go to heaven? And a little boy in the back of the class shouted, you got to be dead. If Jesus tarries, that is exactly how Christians are going to get to heaven. We're going to die and go to heaven. Don't fear death. We are in the land of the dying, going to the land of the... Thank you. Well, the fact is, the death rate is still 100%. And worldwide, worldwide, someone dies every... Excuse me, three people die every second. Three people die every second. Every minute, every minute, 180 people die every minute around the world. 11,000 every hour. 2017 survey, Kankakee County, 100 and what was it? 109,000 people in our county. If what's going around worldwide would happen just in our county, Everyone would be gone in less than 10 hours. People are dying, and they are either going to heaven or to hell. That's sobering, isn't it? I love the song that uh, 
Listen, Bart Millard wrote, I can only imagine. Uh, Some of you are with me already. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Here's probably the verse you're more familiar with. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. Now, gang, the Lord God has prepared for us heaven. And look what we're trying to do in life. And I caution us against it. We... We don't focus on heaven enough. We do everything in our power. We spend every dime we have to create a heaven here on earth. We begin to switch the questions. And and we switch it by, uh, we quit asking, what have I got to do to go to heaven? And we start saying, what have I got to do to make heaven on earth? And that's not right. Jesus said, to do not store up treasures on earth. And so as we look at heaven today, I want us to first of all look at the prominence of heaven. Listen, every time we talk of heaven, we talk about God. And every time we talk about God, we're talking about heaven. Wherever God is mentioned, there's heaven. In the Hebrew, the word is shamayim. Shamayim, it means the heights, the heavenly. It, It is up. It is lofty, it's lifted up, it's raised up. And uh, heaven must be prominent in our hearts. Second Timothy 4, 8 says, To all who have loved His appearing. Jesus is appearing one day. Do you long for it? Is heaven in your heart? And then next, there is also the plurality of heaven. There's three heavens according to Second. Corinthians. Let me turn quickly to that. Second uh, Corinthians 12 and verses uh, 2 through 4 where it reads, Paul said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body. I, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body. I do not know. God knows. And so he talks about the third heaven. That's interesting. Dr. Jack Cottrell used to be a professor at Cincinnati Bible Seminary, and he talked about the three heavens. And the first heaven uh, is the atmospheric heaven. That's where the birds and butterflies take flight. The atmospheric heaven. It says in Isaiah 55.10, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven... And then in Genesis 1.20, let the birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heaven. And so that's the atmospheric heaven. The second heaven is the stellar heaven. Uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, let me turn to 1 and read you 14 and 17 as a reminder of what we've read many times. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. And then in 17, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And so that's that stellar heaven, the second heaven. Psalm 19, 1. 
the heavens declare the glory of God and their expanse shows us the work of his hands or the work of his fingers. And you look at that picture and we think about how great God is. A hundred, a hundred million galaxies in this unfathomable universe that God created. Our, our uh, satellites our uh, transporters that carry telescopes and send back radio waves to us to get pictures. Those things go for years and years and years and there's no end. That's the second heaven. And then there is a third heaven and that's where God resides. The Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed, Our Father who art in Matthew five sixteen, Let your light shine that we may glorify our Father who is in Revelation 4, 2, a throne was standing in heaven. Matthew 18, 10, the angels in heaven continually see the face of our Father. If you are Christian, you're going to this heaven. This is the promise of God, that we that are living by faith and are faithful will get to go to his heaven. And then the, the third idea today is the place of heaven. John 14, 2, we read it earlier. I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, Jesus had announced that he was going to die and that he would be going to heaven. He announced that in that text. He was promising something for all of us and that he was going to prepare a place. And I love the concept of this place because it is a place. It's not a state of mind. Some people, that's all they have in this life. They think heaven is a state of mind, and they pursue that. Some people pursue nirvana, the, the absence of pain or conflict or care. But that's not what it is. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so it's a country. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, verse 16, but they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. And in that verse, it's a celestial city where he says he has prepared a city for them. It's a kingdom government. And we look so uh, in a frownish way upon government these days. But it is a government. It says, thy kingdom come in the Lord's prayer. Colossians 1.13 he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so it is a kingdom, is it not? It's my father's house, he says in chapter 14, verse 2 of John. And so it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's not a thought process. My thoughts do not make heaven Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me in heaven. So it's not a bankroll. It's not a beach somewhere. It's not a bike. It's a place. It's a place that he has gone to prepare for us. It's not a cup of coffee. It's not a loved one. Heaven is up. Ephesians 4 and verse 10. Uh, he who descended is himself also he who ascended. Far above all the heavens. In Acts 1, 10 and 11, men of Galilee, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the, uh, those angels right there in front of the disciples, 
And those angels were there and those angels said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken from you will come again in the like manner in which he has gone. And he has gone to heaven and he's going to come back in the clouds when he comes to sound the trumpet sound and the shout of the archangel. And he calls us out of this world and we get to go to heaven. But we also know that it's a precious place. It's precious because our Redeemer is there. He's our Redeemer because He has redeemed us from our own sins, our sinning against the Father, and He has redeemed us. He bought us when He died on the cross of Calvary for us. When the first Christian martyr was being slain in the book of Acts in our Bible and in chapter 7, Stephen, when they were stoning him, the scripture says that he stood looking up into heaven. Now they're pelting him with rocks to end his life. And and he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God's throne. Wow. Wow. The nail-scarred Jesus, Hebrews 9, 12, having obtained eternal redemption for us. It's the streets of gold. Listen, the streets of gold and the gates of pearl are going to pale in comparison to what we see when we see our Jesus. We thrill in him. We glory in him. But there's also relationships that are going to be restored. My grandmother, my grandmother died at the age of 92 back in 1998. My, she was, a, she was an outstanding Christian lady. And I, I praise God that I had that example in my life. My grandmother was always worshiping God with the believers. When the church got together, she got together. She began to wane a little bit when she turned 90. We can understand that, can't we? People struggle with physical things. But I love that I'm going to see my grandmother. I love it that I'm going to see my mom. My mom died in 2016, uh, in June. Uh, She was 87, pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer. Lived two months and two days after she found out. But, uh, boy, she was such a good example to me. A great Christian lady. Deb's mom and dad, to be able to see Melvin and Dorothy. Deb's family is what I've always called they're innocent kind of people, you know? You, you look at the Beatty family, we're not innocent. We're, I won't go there, but we're not innocent. But Deb's family, my, how precious. What a, what a good man of God. What a fine lady her mom was. And we're going to see our relationships there. And then uh, we're going to our residences in heaven. Philippians, Paul wrote it from a jail cell. In our Bibles, in Philippians 3.20, that our citizenship is in heaven. And then we think about the riches. Our riches are in heaven if we gave them to the kingdom and sent them on ahead of us. What do you mean? Matthew 6.19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven, Jesus said. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so, riches are in heaven, and we need to be laying up for ourselves treasures. See, God sees when we give, and he knows how we give and why we give, and he honors that, and he says it's sending our riches on to be ahead of us. And then there's rest. 
Now, you, you probably hear that text. That is in Revelation 14, 13. And you hear that text at a funeral of a Christian. Let me read it to you. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Boy, are you looking forward to that rest? Whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like in that place called heaven, we're going to have rest from the troublesome times down here on this planet Earth. And then there's our reservation our reservation in heaven. I want to read from uh, Revelation 20, 12 and 15. Listen, we don't hear this verse often. take, Take special attention. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Isn't that phenomenal? Verse 15. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. We need to ask ourselves, is my name written in that book? And what are the other books that are being written? What What are they writing down about me? Because that's what they're doing. All kinds of books are opened at the judgment day. And the one that matters is, is our name in the book of life. I want to turn over to uh, Malachi. That's the last uh, book of the Old Testament. And here in chapter 3, in verses 16 and 17, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. That's That's like me and you. We fear the Lord. And when we get together and talk about Jesus... He says, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. What? Yeah. He knows what we do day and night. He knows what we do when we're here and when we're not here. And and so he's paying attention. And listen to what happens. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord. Of host. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him, listen to verse 18. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. That's judgment day. There's going to be a distinction made, there's a separation between the sheep and the goats. And there's books being written. Boy, oh boy, boy. It's not a bad idea to teach our children that when they go to bed at night to ask Jesus to forgive them of all their sins. Because there's books being written. Isn't that a frightful thing? Boy, oh boy, I don't want those books read in front of you about me at the judgment day. So our our name better be in the Lamb's book of life. When we give our life to Jesus... We confess our allegiance, our faith in him. We repent of our sins in prayer. We confess the name of the Lord. We're, we're baptized in a tank or a pool or a lake, a, a, or an ocean, a river, a creek. In foreign countries, in third world countries, they might find a ditch. 
and they immerse those candidates, those people that come to faith and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is your name in the book? That's not for us to brag about our accomplishments here in this life for Jesus. Uh, I'm looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Luke 10 and verse 20, it says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Boy, I thrill over that. I thrill over that. And I want you to do that too. In our text of John 14, we didn't read verse 6. And verse 6 is about Thomas, the disciple. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but what? That's right, through Jesus, through me. And so have you put your faith in Christ alone, that your name can be placed in the Lamb's book of life? In 2 Timothy 4, verse 8, in the future, Paul writes to the young evangelist Timothy, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. What day? The judgment day. And not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Muhammad died. Muhammad lived. He taught. He died, put a little period there at the end of the sentence. Confucius, he lived, he taught, he died, put a period right there at the end of the sentence. Buddha, he he lived, he taught, he died, put a period. Jesus Christ, he lived, he taught, he died, comma. He raised from the dead. He has all authority and power given to him by the Father. And he has saved his church. And he is one day coming back to receive us, to take us home. Praise his name. Do you want to go to his heaven? Are you looking forward to his appearing? It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that eye hath not seen, uh, uh, ear has not heard, nor the mind of man imagine what God has prepared for them that love him. How do we know these things? The next verse that we rarely read, the next verse It says, for to us, God revealed them to us through the Spirit. We've not seen heaven, but through the Spirit and through the Holy Scriptures, we have been told about this heaven, and I believe. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I'm so glad you're you're prepared. And I'm glad I'm among you, that we're all prepared together, and that heaven is our home. It was a family whose mom, like many families, some even experiencing now, but mom uh, had Alzheimer's disease. And in this family, their mom was a fine Christian lady. And her favorite verse of scripture was 2 Timothy 1.12. And that says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That Jesus was her hope, her salvation, her love, her Lord. And that was her favorite verse. And that Alzheimer's disease just began to take more and more of her memory. Till one day all she could quote was, I've committed to him. I've committed to him. And that's all she could remember of that. As their mom 
was on her deathbed and dying, and all the family had been called around the bed, and she's, she's moving her lips, and all the family leans closer. And the two closest to mom's lips, they heard her saying, Him, 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 Him. That disease had robbed her of the whole Bible, except for that one word. But in that one word, she had all of the Bible. She had all of the hope in the world. And when it comes time to our death, three people every second, when it comes to our death, we're ready because it's not based upon anything we have or anything we've done. It is based upon what he did on the cross of Calvary. We can die with hope in our heart because of him. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And I want you to go out of this room today when we get ready to leave. And I want you to go out with all the hope in the world. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary. It's because of what God did when he sent Jesus. God bankrupt heaven to give us his son, Jesus Christ. And I serve him gladly. And I want you to serve him gladly.